through consciousness development, you start to become aware of different layers in reality. You can access wisdom. Confront the unknown courageously. Speak truth. Have enough integrity so that you can break the rules when it's necessary in the service of a higher good. To know that is to be human. You need to be extremely passionate about what you do. And if you're passionate about what you do, then this will infect others. A lot of people are slaves of their fears and their patterns, but it's very important that you are free and authentic. If you have the ability to empty your mind and perceive, mm -hmm. then you can see. Actually, it's inside out. Start with yourself and then you will be more capable of, of looking at the outside world. We have to really slow down and ask ourselves what are we doing here and what, what responsibility we carry for future generations. I am Joel Anagor and this is the Awake Origins podcast. Here to break down the misconceptions about success and happiness. Bringing you inspiration from awake leaders, entrepreneurs and creators to empower you to create your life from the inside out. All right, Christian Krommer, great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I think it has been over a year since we last uh, spoke with each other. And I always love your insights as a, well, you're an entrepreneur and a futurist. So um, you always blow me away with the things that you're sharing. So wow. um, let's get going. What are you up to? Uh, you, you told me you're leaving the country. Yeah, yeah. In two weeks from now, we uh, move to Bonaire, uh, an island in the uh, Antilles. And um, I'm moving there because I want to be more part of nature, more in flow, in flow with my environment, in flow with myself. Um, I'm working on a new startup and I want to create headspace there to, to have new insights and new creative inspiration uh, to work on the project. And uh, it's also an intention for our family for the last 10 years. My daughter had some health issues when she was born and she's thriving in a warm climate. So we also wanted to go to a climate where it's always a certain temperature. So um, yeah, we're moving and um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so what is, is, is it exciting you or is, is it, are you looking forward to this peace of mind that you have there? What, what is it that, that's first and foremost? Well, um, it's first of all, it's also getting out of the system that we are in right now. Um, I have problems with the, the way things are going here right now. And I want to opt out of the system, I want to go to a more relaxed environment where there's no much, so much push, uh, where it's more things are more in flow with with, uh, with, with nature, with, with the climate and stuff. So it really excites me to, to uh, go to an environment where I feel more freedom. Freedom is one of my main values. And what I believe to find there for me and my family is a lot of freedom, a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a new, new way to, to live with each other. Mm. It's interesting how more people are looking for this new way of living. For me, myself here, it's well, we're here in the forest and for me it's like, it feels like a safe place. It's very close to my home with the Awake Origins office. And it feels like, okay, I, I'm okay here for the next couple of years, but this is already, of course, the next level that you're taking here. Yeah, yeah. And you're mentioning a project. What, what are you going to work on? Oh, we're working currently on a swarm organization. So it's a digital platform, next-gen platform, where it's not about dividing people, polarizing people, but uniting people. So uh, in my work, I always compare technology with, with biology. 
And if you look at biology, it's all about um, uh, merging or uniting cells and empowering those cells. And I think technology should do the same for human beings. So unite them and empower them. So we are uh, looking at principles in nature. So if you look at nature, we see swarms. So until 50 individuals. So swarms of birds or fishes. Birds, ants, um, uh, mammals, uh, fish, for example. And if you look at those swarms, they are always in flow. So that's a characteristic of nature. Uh, it doesn't take any effort to, to behave and to change their um, shapes and to, um, to adapt to the environment. And if you look at our traditional organizations or hierarchical organizations, it costs a lot of effort to, to adapt and to adapt to the environment and to fit into the environment. And in nature, it always fits seamlessly in the environment. So um, I'm inspired by nature and we want to create an, uh, a platform that helps people to work and uh, to collaborate in a swarm-like um, sort of larger organism, a superorganism. And um, we want to use the power of nature to align people from their own intention, from their own purpose, and so that, that we create an eco ecosystem where everyone can um, do their own thing, uh, follow their passion. And everyone is uh, empowering each other, like in an orchestra. So every player in the orchestra has his own instrument, and he can play his own instrument because someone else is doing his part from his own passion. Mm. And we believe that working together, collaborating uh, in, in a professional way also, but also in a, in a more uh, communication with each other should uh, behave in the same way. So it should be, be like some kind of ecosystem where everyone can thrive. And um, I, we think the technology is now at a level with blockchain technology, artificial intelligence, to create the kind of uh, swarm for human beings and basically when you enter that swarm it's like a lifetime journey so we do all kind of self-tests to determine your values your skills uh, your purpose your intentions all these things to place you within the right constellation of people so that you can thrive there um, so it's a lifelong learning journey uh, basically um, so it's not working anymore it's developing your own potential and mm. become the maximum of what you can be and so it means that that's the opposite of becoming this cyborg like star trek and when you where you also have one super organism but it's just there's no authenticity anymore no it's it's um the, the law of the swarm is also all equals benefit uh, all benefit equally uh, and profit profits equally uh, and also feel the same pain um, but by keeping your own authenticity and i think so you can participate in the whole by being your uh, fool yourself 100 percent so, and your environment respects you for who you are. And I think that's the complete opposite of uh, the traditional organizations that we have today. You go to school, you become some accountant or a lawyer or whatever, and then you fit in some kind of cube within an organization, and, and then you do the work the rest of your life with a lot of stress. And we think that the organization should adapt to you. So who are you? How can we help you to, to thrive, to follow your purpose? And that's basically the intention of the platform. And um, oh, yeah, we're constantly looking at nature. So we you try to define universal principles. So how does the body work on a cellular level? How, does these, how do these cell cells communicate with each other? Mm. How do birds within a flock communicate with each other? And it's like a holographic principle. And we want to copy that into technology and help people globally. So it's a global platform to start to uh, have impact on a global scale from their own passion as an individual. So it's a big project. I think we will be busy for the next 10, 20 years, perhaps. But uh, yeah, I have a very strong vision. And I'm working with people who are also really excited, also fully in line with nature and what happens there. Uh, we want to transform that to technology. And what is then the gateway on an individual level to understand yourself? 
I think self-reflection. Uh, to truly understand yourself, we uh, guide you through a set of um, self-tests, also educate you. What does it mean to have a purpose? What is a purpose? Uh, what are values? All these things. And uh, by doing these tests, you get a result. You get feedback from, from the system, but also from people around you in a swarm. So it's constantly uh, a reflection to the environment, back to you. And I think that process is uh, like a feedback loop. Uh, and when the feedback loop becomes shorter, you learn faster. If you have a private coach or a private trainer, you have constant feedback, then you learn much faster than you are in a group with, with 20 or 100 people. So, And this platform is basically a reflection of yourself. So if you look at a swarm, each fish looks at seven fish around him. It's um, And the fish in the, in the circle also look at seven fish. So uh, it's a constant mirror around yourself that mm. show your, your inner world. And by, by entering that mirror, which is 360 degrees all over, uh, then you get a constant feedback about who you really are. So you can say A, but people see B. <laughs> and the self-test will uh, give you a much better um, yeah, picture of who you really are. It's like a mental selfie. So you get a, yeah. a, a more the level of consciousness that you have. Um, all these things, the emotional struggles that you have in your uh, head, in your uh, in your yacht, for example, in your early days. Uh, how are they limiting you today? Uh, so I think all these tests and systems will help you to evolve as a human being. And I think that's the ultimate long-term happiness that you can uh, create for people. Mm-hmm. So what 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 do you envision? What kind of people? will participate in that swarm because not in my experience not everyone is ready to have a mirror and at least not certainly not to have a continuous mirror uh, of course within awake origins this mirroring is also going on all the time but it's it's not for everyone yet no or, no so for who is it and who not on the global scale um, I think right now it's perhaps for 5, 10, 15 percent of the people. So people who try to su- seek or to look for a different way of, of organizing their life, to have more authenticity, to become more uh, autonomous. Um, and for those people uh, who want to organize and to stand up against the, the system that we see today, which is rolled out globally, uh, those people uh, need some kind of effective way to organize and I, can, I think this platform will help them to, to do so. So there are many initiatives worldwide with small groups of people who want to create a different kind of society, create uh, biological food uh, supplies, uh, different kind of money, different kind of society and uh, democracy and this platform will help people to make decisions on a collective scale. So it's it's an alternative for, for platforms like Facebook. Um, and this fa- this platform is more for people who want to have trust, to build trust, to build relations on a, on a long uh, term. So that's basically the, uh, the, the target audience for, for, for the beginning of the platform. But later on, when the platform becomes an ecosystem on its own, uh, more and more people will enter. Uh, because eventually, um, if you look at the Maslow Pyramid, uh, we just passed the, the tipping point in the pyramid. The bottom layer is all about deficiency needs, so food, shelter, energy, those things. Mm-hmm. And we are now entering the top level of the Maslow Pyramid, which is about growth needs. So when people lose their jobs because of automation, artificial intelligence, robotics, or universal basic income, it doesn't matter, then the bottom of those Maslow Pyramids for those people is covered. So they start to um, feel some kind of uh, need for growth, personal growth. So I think earlier, sooner or later, people will cross that tipping point and then they will be ready to enter that platform mm-hmm. so if you look for personal growth uh, and reflection then this is the place for people to be and as long as you are in the deficiency needs part of that muscle pyramid uh, then you're not a, a fit 
but I think sooner or later everyone will. Yeah. And well, when you look at what's happening currently, so there's lots of transformation happening across the world. Many things are happening which you can look differently at. And then there's a new rollout of a system you're mentioning. And you're saying, okay, with this, we can give structure organization to, let's say, the more conscious people, conscious creators. Yeah. And I feel this is lacking right now. You agree? Yeah, yeah, this is happening. We want to uh, offer conscious people to, to unite and to, to unite their energy uh, into one bigger uh, flow of energy and to create a new system. So don't fight the old system, uh, but create something new that makes the old obs uh, obsolete. Um, and, and I always look at nature. Uh, the cells have been here for hundreds of millions of years, uh, perhaps billions of years. And they have already solved all the problems that we still have to solve as a society. Mm. So if you look at societies of cells, how they solve a transformation, a very good example of that is uh, how the caterpillar transforms into the butterfly. And it's a really nice story that I think has many parallels uh, or correlations with what's happening today in our society. So you have a caterpillar, which is basically the bottom layer of the muscle pyramid. It lives from its deficiency needs, food, food, food. Uh, so by the end of its life, it eats 200 times its own weight and uh, it also starts to eat uh, poisonous uh, toxic uh, leaves then it becomes a cocoon and uh, the outside of the cocoon becomes very stiff very rigid but the inside becomes a liquid soup of cells and i think that's happening today so we are coming out of this consumption-like Society, and we see that our world is uh, is uh, breaking down, and everything uh, doesn't work anymore. So we need to go to a different system. So we now are entering the cocoon phase. What I think. So we see a totalitarian, uh, technocratic uh, outside, which is becoming harder every day. New rules, new regulations. Um, all things become mandatory, which were uh, free choice uh, ten years ago. But the inside becomes polarized, individualized. It becomes a liquid soup of individuals. Uh, we see that more and more people start to lose their jobs. Uh, we see uh, Brexit. We see all kind of um, dividing. Uh, so it becomes um, a soup of, of um, a nutritious soup uh, that is the foundation to build something new. And what happens then in that cocoon is very important. We see imaginary cells. And these imaginary cells are cells that already have the blueprint of the butterfly. So they are strange guys asking strange questions, uh, building strange systems. And they are not understood by the majority. So so what the majority does, the, the rest of the liquid cells, which is mostly the, the caterpillar, they start to attack these imaginary cells. And these imaginary cells, uh, as a result, uh, start to unite in, in larger groups, in communities, because if you are a collective, then it's way harder to attack, mm -hmm. being attacked. And then they start to build a new system. They start to resonate. Uh, they start to speak the same language, these cells, and they become uh, imaginary disks, which are almost uh, limbs of the uh, butterfly. And they start to connect with each other, with uh, all kinds of uh, networks. And a part of the caterpillar is being recycled, like the nervous system, the digestive system, but the rest is completely deposed and and rebuild and then at a certain level there is a trigger moment and at the trigger moment uh, a lot of cells die within the cocoon they are not able to make the jump from a caterpillar to the butterfly and the cells that are not yet part of the imaginary cells but are in between um, they switch and they become part of the uh, butterfly and then um, the next phase is uh, to break out of the cocoon so if you help 
a butterfly to come out of the cocoon, it becomes paralyzed. It cannot fly. It doesn't have the strength to fly. So we need to break out of that cocoon to develop the strength to fly and to to go into space and, and uh, uh, do wonderful things. So start to fulfill our growth needs. And I think that's exactly what is happening today. So we are in a cocoon phase. That cocoon will become stiffer, harder, much more uncomfortable in the next few years. But on the inside, we will see new systems uh, being built. So it doesn't help you to fight the cocoon, the government or, or the uh, outside system, because if the cocoon, uh, there's a breach in the cocoon, then all the contents will die. So the cocoon is there yeah. to facilitate the transformation phase towards the butterfly. And that's, I think that's exactly what's happening today. We have consumed 200 times our own weight, and therefore we now have a buffer to survive to the next phase. So we get free money from the government. There are all kinds of things to help people. Um, and this will help us to, to make the transition. A lot of people are now working from home, and they ask themselves, okay, what's working with the bank or large institute or government? It didn't feel quite well, but now I'm home and I can choose to do what I want to do. I have more freedom and more and more people start to feel that separation from the old system. So I think it's already in process, um, but I think it will take some extra years to, to get to that breakout point, uh, at least five, six years from now. Um, and until that, we have to, uh, until that moment, we have to build a new system. I think all the energy that we have, we should put in that new system and not fighting or resisting the old. Mm. And that's very hard. Also for myself, in the beginning of this COVID crisis, I felt a lot of resistance because freedom is one of my yeah. most important values. And Can freedom totally is being... Relate. Yeah. <laughs> so you try to fight the system, but you th it's not a real thing, uh, the good thing to do. We have to build a new system that makes the old system obsolete. And in technology, that's always the case. Uh, Tesla doesn't fight the old. Uh, automotive industry. No, it creates something new that makes the old automotive industry obsolete. And I think that's what we need to do. We need mm. to disrupt the current system by building something new. Have, have you been able personally to turn that resistance to a point of being grateful for what is happening or is that a bridge too far? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, at a certain point in time, I... I also always made the comparison with nature, and we need to go through this. Uh, it's a natural process, uh, as uncomfortable as it might feel, but I think we need to go through this to make the transition. If you look at the world that we have today, it's unsustainable. Uh, and we need to go not to a sustainable world, to a complete regenerative world, like nature is. And the gap between those two worlds is so immense that we cannot bridge that by doing something different. We need to have a very deep crisis. And and so I see this crisis as a blessing. And, and if you look at China, uh, the, 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 the sign for an opportunity and a crisis is in China exactly the same. Mm. So it's how you look at it. So it's all about mindset. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing. People need to develop a different kind of mindset and see this um, crisis as an opportunity to build something new from our own uh, values and from our own uh, way of living. Mm. I think you and I have many people around as well working on these new initiatives and, and, and new systems, but it's still, a, of course, a very small percentage of the whole population. And earlier you said, earlier you said five to six years before we get to a certain tipping point. What, what, what will be happening in those five to six years? I think it will get worse. Uh, what we already see, more totalitarian systems, uh, more technocratic systems. I think the whole testing society that is being built in the last months 
is is the basis or the foundation for some kind of social credit system. So we take if you have a, some one some kind of world government, and that's I think fairly where we're going to. They cannot rule uh, the world from the way that we do it today. So mm -hmm. you need technology to track people and and see where they meet, what they're talking about, and in that way you can control uh, society. Uh, and I, I think we will see more of that. So if as long as we look at our governments for solutions for this crisis, we will see more control, because that's where governments are designed to do. Yeah. They are designed to t to control people, and uh, so if they're in a crisis situation, they will do that even more. And I think in the next five years, we will see an increase of that, more control, more surveillance, more uh, tracking, tracing of people. Uh, all our liberties will be taken away uh, until a level that people don't accept it anymore. And I think that group uh, is, is, is growing. Uh, and now, like any, every exponential development, in the, in the beginning, it looks like a linear development. So you see very small increases. But at a certain level, and that's called the network effect, uh, we see an exponential increase. So more and more people, so the chunks that become awake and aware of what's happening become larger and larger and larger. And at that moment in time, I think then we are near the, the tipping point in 2027. So then the... I think about one billion people worldwide will have a level of consciousness, a level of awareness, and start to see what's happening and start to consciously um, spread that to the rest. And if you look at the hype curve, you have the, the, the familiar height curve, and it starts with the innovators, the early adapters, and then we have the yeah. ma majority. Um, that's about 11 or 12 percent of the total population you need to have to, to get the majority to switch. Mm -hmm. And then you have the laggers, and they, they switch because there's nothing else to choose from. <laughs> and there are people who will never switch. They will never switch until <laughs> you cannot buy a smartphone or whatever phone, they, they will switch to a smartphone if you can't buy an old Nokia anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think we need to reach that critical mass in the beginning of uh, 10 to 12%. And if we have that on a conscious level, then we can make a switch. Uh, because these people are scattered all over organizations, within governments, within uh, commercial organizations, within societies, within um, uh, municipal within cities and if we have then a critical mass then we see that the message will spread even faster yeah. and then uh, to go to the top that's only a couple of years time this is actually what well what i'm working with with, with origins is to i think it's the same thing to get to this uh, at least 10 percent level of uh, awake uh, creators yeah. Uh, yeah to get into that switch why 2027 how do you know how do you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, if I look at my model and I extrapolate my model, um, then we look at seven waves of technological uh, disruption. Can, can you share a little bit about that model? Uh, the model, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, what, what I found out is that um, if you look at the development of cells towards organisms, so the first single-celled organisms toward human beings, uh, or society of cells, they went through seven disruptive waves. So in each wave, they developed new systems, new tissues, new organs um, uh, to create a new kind of organism. Uh, and it started with multicellular organisms, with coral, for example, which is the prototype of our bones. In the second wave, we saw worm-like organisms, uh, uh, which are the prototype of our digestive system, of our vascular system. In the third wave, we saw jellyfish-like organisms, which are basically the prototype of our nervous system. Uh, then we saw dinosaurs, so reptile is the basically the, the prototype of our um, brain stem, our reptile brain. Then the mammals, which is our limbic brain, our social brain, our mammal brain. And then the sixth wave was about the new cortex brain, and the seventh wave was about the prefrontal cortex wave. Um, and each wave 
resulted in new systems that helped us to become more aware of our environment, uh, adapt more easily, and, and that way we could survive. And what we see today is that these seven waves are repeating themselves. But now it's not about cells using biology to create organisms. It's about sapiens, homo sapiens, using technology to build organizations. But we move through the same waves, and we have the same uh, problems, and we solve them uh, in the same way. And we are now at the sixth wave, which is the AI in the cloud wave, which is comparable, comparable to the, uh, the uh, neocortex brain in our, uh, it's also the, the, the AI in the cloud for our body. <laughs> And, and these waves, uh, what you see is that always new technologies are being used by the ego first for cruise missiles, for example. So the first GPS sensors were in cruise missiles that fly into bunkers in Iraq. Mm -hmm. But now we have GPS sensors in our smartphone helping us to do good things and to navigate and do everyday things. And so each wave is always misused by people in control. Uh, it's, it's for them, it's a tool to have even more control. And now we are entering the sixth wave, which is about uh, robotics and artificial intelligence. So in the first few years, they will misuse this technology against us to have even more control. So with facial recognition, with AI, you can track a whole country with everyone inside of it. Yeah. You can track how they spend money and all these things. So and always you see a tipping point. So in the beginning, uh, people use this technology and at a certain time, it switches from the ego to the ecosystems. And that's because it becomes very cheap and abundant. And then everyone starts to use it. And then it's used for, for the good of humanity. And if you calculate that, you can see uh, the end of the AI wave is around 2027. 20, uh, and that's what I think is there will be a shift in, in uh, how, how we use the technology. And it's extreme powerful technology, even more powerful than the atom bomb. And if we use that against the... Uh, ruling class, uh, then they're gone within days, I think. Uh, mm. That's powerful. And another way, um, I'm really sensitive already since childhood uh, for things to happen. Um, and I had some insights a couple of years ago during a retreat. How was that as a child to have that? Strange. Uh, I was not understood by my environment. Um, and can, was can you give an example? No, it, it's it's uh, it's a gift, but it's also uh, um, a burden. Um, uh, you know things when they happen, they will happen. And you try to warn people, but they don't listen and they make a mistake. And you have the feeling that you have could prevented that. Mm. <laughs> so you have knowledge of things that are going to happen, but you try to convince people to to listen to you. This will happen, but they don't listen. Yeah. and they walk into a wall or whatever and then you have the feeling it's my fault because I could have prevented it but yeah. later on in life I started to realize that people have to learn themselves becoming consciousness I cannot do that for you you have to mm -hmm. do it yourself you have to make mistakes you have to learn from those mistakes you have to reflect with that mirrors and then you increase in consciousness so um yeah, as, and, as a and child. Then you, and, you, and you feel it or you see it or it's a combination of both? Uh, uh, no, it's a knowing. Um, uh, it's very hard to explain. Uh, it's, it's more like seeing uh, patterns or um, visions. Um, so I'm very bad at language. I'm dyslectic. Uh, reading and writing is a big issue for me. <laughs> um, and therefore, I developed my visual side. And that's also how I communicate with people in my presentations, but also how I see things. So I can see something and it takes me a year to write it in a book uh, yeah. to make it understandable for, for uh, in human language. And when do you see it? Is it happening when you're taking a walk or when you're sleeping? Or what, how does it work? When I wake up, 
I think the first 10, 15 minutes of your day, you're in the alpha state, uh, the gateway to your subconsciousness. So you are a conductor uh, when you're in the shower, when you're in the woods, uh, when you're in flow, when you're skiing, uh, surfing. So we are in the here and in the now. And as more as you're in, in being in the present, uh, so practicing presence is for me also a daily exercise. Mm. Everything, uh, every time I want to grab my smartphone, I think, okay, practice presence here and now. So not reading about all the things happening in the future or in the past, but here and now. And how do you do that, practicing presence? Feel, um, uh, breathe, uh, feel your body, um, uh, feel your senses, uh, experience what's happening in your environment. Um, and that's also why I moved to uh, uh, near a location near the sea, so I can surf every day and be part of the water, part of the flow. So I've been mm. talking about catching the next wave for the last five years in my uh, keynotes, and now I want to embody that. So I want to yeah. in, be in that wave, in that moment, in that flow every day, as, 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 as many times as possible at least. You're not afraid for an overdose of uh, visionary uh, things? No, I think we could need that uh, right <laughs> now, especially in the project that we are working on. And, and, and those universal principles, it's very hard to understand those, but uh, you can see them in nature. And you have to be conscious of what's happening in nature, how cells mm. communicate on a, on, a, on a cellular level. And I've been a hollow, uh, holographic, or how you say that, and a practitioner of uh, bio um, feedback technology yeah. and therefore I know uh, a little bit how cells are communicating with each other using bio photons using light and these principles we also want to use them in the platform and um, and to understand these principles you have to uh, be in a very relaxed mode yeah. if you're too much in the push mode too much in your head in an academic mode then you 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 cannot understand it you have to need to have or you have need to develop a holistic view on, on things. And that's also, uh, uh, my whole book, my whole keynotes are based on a more holistic view. Because if you widen your angle of view, then you see how the big system is working, how nature solves these problems. And they're almost always very elegant and very straightforward. Mm. Uh, nature doesn't do anything uh, uh, obsolete. So, um, so you need to be in a holistic state of mind. And I yeah. think being in your body, being in, in the here and now, then you see things as they are. You So you always had that capacity as a child already, and now you're uh, pushing it a little bit further by consciously bringing yourself in the present moment? Yeah, I had that since since childhood. Uh, for example, I was at a birthday and someone gets a lava lamp. It's a lamp that uh, gets molten um, uh, liquid with all uh, kind of colors. And I said, at 12 o'clock tonight, this thing will explode. And uh -huh, everyone drinking beer. And exactly at 12 o'clock, a second, bang, <laughs> the thing explodes. Everyone looking at each other, what's this? And they move on, but they still refer to it. Uh, and that was unconscious. So I said it, I don't know why I said it, but yeah. it came true. And since the thing with my daughter, I started to trust on my instincts because it helped to save our daughter's life. And therefore I um, get yeah became more familiar with, with the... The skill and now I try to practice it by being more present uh, because I know that, that is the key to stay connected with with the field the, the quantum field the source field whatever you call it uh, to get those insights you don't you don't get them from a book or from mm. it's pure insights that you'll have in a moment under the shower when you wake up when you're in the woods when you're aligned and in this way for you also 2027 yeah up. Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had an insight about this year uh, that we will have uh, a moment where one billion people are start to resonate as one big uh, organism. 
And basically, it's the heartbeat of humanity. Uh, we will see the first heartbeat. And it's also a medical term for that. And I'm working on a movie, uh, Syncytium. And a functional syncytium is when the cells... What, uh, what did you say? What is the name? Syncytium. What does that mean? It's a medical term for cells who start to collaborate together as one system. And it happens in your heart muscle. So your whole heart is beating like one system. All the muscles are acting in the same way. Um, but they are own, our all own sovereign uh, cells. So when a child is conceived in, in the womb, um, s certain heart cells start to develop and they start to beat before it's even a heart. And that's a functional sensation. So and I think that's also will happen. Uh, we are also in a kind of womb, <laughs> if you look at the earth. Um, that humanity uh, receives different cells, uh, heart cells now, they start to beat, but they have to become one tissue. And that's what I believe that will happen in 2027, that we will have our home, own heartbeat and that we are moving from thinking in an academic way, from our heads, towards more uh, heart-based society. And that's when we will see the switch, I think. That will be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And there's a knowing... And you experienced a knowing when you saw this happening. Yeah, I went into this retreat in Portugal with the question, what is my purpose? Because I'm speaking to people, but is this really my purpose? And, and um, what do I have to do? I'm always in this push mode because you see something that's going to happen and you want to run to it to, to fix it. And the message that I got out of this retreat was uh, the only thing that you have to do to make this happen in 2027 is be yourself. Zijn. Uh, 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 now, how do you say it? Being. being. Yeah, being. That's the only thing you have to do. So that's one, what I want to practice also in Bonaire. Uh, being. Uh, and the only thing that you, yeah, you can do it by being in nature. Um, and I think that's the shortest route to uh, to get there. But it's, it feels like, uh, if you look at it from a <laughs> traditional perspective, it, it looks like a very slow way to get there. But I think it's the fastest way to get there. Mm. By being in, uh, in harmony with nature, you get insights. And these insights, I can use them in the platform and the basic principles. And then we can build a platform. And, and strange things happen now these days. People come towards me and, and offer me huge amounts of money to, to build a platform. Uh, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's a very strange uh, how these things work. So some synchronicity. These are happening. Yeah, and in the early days I have to, I have to earn them, those money myself to, to build it, but now you see everything comes on its way when you need it, when you're ready for it. Mm. So, uh, yeah. How would you describe the, your move to Bonaire right now, which is of course a major transition to, to take yourself out of a certain context and bring yourself into a new one? If it, if, well, if, if you would call it a chapter heading, what is this new phase in your life that you're going into right now? Uh, a chapter of alignment, of being, flow, uh, deeper inner journey, I think. Um, and a lot of people say to me, oh, don't you think it's scary because you leave all your things behind, your car, your house, your, your social uh, environment. But, uh, it's not scary because the thing that I'm familiar with is this and my family. So I don't leave this at this moment, so it's not scary for me. Yeah. Um, so I think the chapter will... will I think the title of the chapter will be being or flow, something like that. Mm. Nature, alignment with nature and translate that into uh, technology. And how does it work with you that a, a decision like this comes into fruition? So at a certain point in time, it, it comes to you, you see it, you feel it, or is it, uh, how does it start? I felt it since, the, since my daughter was born. Uh, we wanted to move to Ibiza, but it was 
too permanent for my wife. <laughs> we want to buy there something and, and live there, some ecological thing with our own energy, own water, these kind of things. And uh, Bonaire was a more uh, safe choice for now because it's temporary. And, and so I, I, I was for the last years convincing my wife <laughs> that this was a good choice. Also, what's going to happen in the world and in the next few years, months. And uh, at a certain point, she also started to feel it. And then it was a no-brainer. So uh, we made our decision and everything from there on went in flow. So finding a home there, finding a school for the kids, uh, leaving all the old stuff behind. Uh, and it feels like a release. So leaving all the material stuff behind. It's also a bit of ego, what you leave behind, perhaps. Yeah. Um, uh, old material world. And it feels very free. So uh, we are now in the process of making choices. Do I keep it? Do I take it with me? Or do I give it to some poor people in, in poor countries? Or, And that's a very um, uh, liberating mm. process. And, 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 and what they say with the great transformation, you own nothing, you'll be happy. I, I truly believe that. Uh, the more things you own, the more things end up owning you. So if you... Uh, if it's there, it's okay, but it's, it, it doesn't um, determine how you feel. And if you can uh, leave that behind, I think that will help you to uh, make yeah. other decisions, to be more free. Uh, because the more things you have, the more things start to push you in a certain direction. If you have a big house, you have a mortgage. If you have a big car, you have to pay that. And it drives you in a direction that smells like money, more money or uh, more pressure. Yeah. And if you leave that behind, then you can make different kind of choices. A few weeks ago, my car broke down. And uh, I brought it to the dealer, and they said, "Well, you have to wait a couple of weeks before you get a before it's fixed. It didn't charge anymore." So I thought, "Well, let's not take an, a car. I will do without a car for a few weeks. Uh, just go to the office with on my longboard or um, on a bike. I don't really like biking, by the way." But and then I did this, and it felt so I felt so free because of it. We, my girlfriend and I, even decided, "Well, let's get rid of one of our two cars because we don't need." Two, and I know it helps me to hike through the forest to the office instead of going with car. One car is enough. So the simplicity of life is becoming bigger and I can already feel the level of joy is rising because it helps me to be in nature more and I'm, it's harder for me to go away to a place where I know I will not find it because it's all in the present moment. Yeah, I think so. Alignment, um, being a light, is is uh, leaving material stuff behind because it makes you heavy yeah. in all kinds of ways. So travel uh, light. Yeah, travel light. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Hmm. You shared with me before, and you really triggered me with this: uh, the three things that Tesla was talking about. Yeah. Can you, sh can you share this, what, what this is about? Yeah, uh, Nikola Tesla uh, said, if you want to understand the universe, you have to understand frequency, uh, vibration, and, and energy. Um, so, and that's also the basic principle of the swarm platform that we are building today. So everyone has a frequency, an, an energetic frequency, your values, your skills, your soft skills, your, your intention, your purpose, um, all these things uh, that made up you um, is basically a frequency. And if there what are, is frequency? Frequency is basically your fingerprint. Your your um, your if you are an instrument, your your tone, how you sound. 
So all the how your uh, if you have a guitar, the, the, the type of wood that you use, the type of metals that you use, all determine the sound of the instrument, and that's for every instrument true. So basically, all those variables that we have collected uh, or collected during our lives determine how we sound, who we are, and if you can capture that in some kind of uh, using self tests or uh, profiles, you can start to resonate with other people. So the platform starts to look for uh, other people who have the same intentions, the same values, but perhaps complementary skills. So together you create a small ecosystem. And if you collect, or, uh, collect more people, then you create uh, a bigger ecosystem. And the bigger the ecosystem, the more you can focus on who you really are. You have a smaller role, but you, that role is more deep. And if that resonance happens, and it happens also if you have... So that's uh, the second thing, resonance. Resonance, yeah. So if you have frequencies, the same frequencies, they start to resonate with each other. This also happens within the caterpillar or within the cocoon. So cells with the same frequencies start to resonate, start to attract to each other. And uh, that's also happening in your daily life. You meet people and they have a click, uh, and then you resonate with someone. But what if you could accelerate the process, that you could meet people all over the world and that you have never met before, or that you will never met, but the system will bring you together because based on your resonance then you can create communities from a natural flow from a um, um, natural energy basically and when there's resonance energy is transferred so if you have a, a glass of wine for example and a speaker and that wine glass has a specific resonance frequency. So at that frequency, that's, uh, it starts to resonate. And if you put that tone on the speaker, then you can make uh, the, the glass resonate. And if you increase the amplitude of that signal, then the glass will shatter because energy is transferred from the speaker to the glass. So if you have two people who are resonating with each other, or a thing and a people, so a specific task and a group of people, if they resonate, then energy is transformed in the form of communication, funding, um, energy in the form of... Uh, um, uh, new ideas, new initiatives. And then um, the, the third step is energize people, so help them to collaborate on a global scale. So these three principles, we use them, and you see them everywhere in nature. So your lung cells are resonating with each other, die, therefore they form lung tissue. Um, uh, we see it on a molecular level. Um, aluminium uh, uh, molecules resonate with each other, and therefore they form uh, a solid metal. Uh, we see it everywhere in nature, and we want to use these principles uh, as, a, as a foundation of the platform. So Resonance is, I think, the main, uh, mm. the most important thing. Uh, and therefore, if you want to have resonance, you need to have the frequency. So we yeah. need to do all kind of tests, but also uh, not what you put into the tests or what you put in your profile, but what other people uh, think about you, mm. because that might be different, because you have a bias. <laughs> you see yeah. the world different than, than other people. Um, and all that is collected by the algorithms, and it will help to make you more whole. And the more whole you are, your profile, the better you can be matched and the better matches you will encounter. And I think it's synchronicity on steroids. Yeah. So you will encounter more people, more situations that are exactly what you need at that moment. Uh, it, what you're saying now helps me to understand also the, well, we have a scan within Origins. I, I told you about yeah. this. And the scan measures your energetical blueprint, which is then frequency. And a few years ago, we did a pilot in a, in a city uh, in which we measured the frequency of certain um, restaurants. And when people filled out the scan, we could predict whether you would, were going to like being in that res restaurant or not, because what you are missing within yourself could be fulfilled by the environment and the other way around. Yeah. Uh, so that's very exciting to that matching of people or whole s groups of people, organizations, when we're able to do that, 
also with the work that you're doing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it is on steroids. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, your personal development will go much faster because you meet exactly the right people, the right situations, the right tasks uh, that match your state of being where you are right now. And therefore, we also developed a future proof test. So we test at what level of consciousness someone is. And we try to offer tools and, and uh, tricks uh, which are at your level mm. or perhaps a little bit above to create a little bit of stretch. And if you do that, you can always meet people where they are. So it's not good or bad, there's no uh, opinion of or uh, label, but uh, everything is okay. So if you meet people where they are and you put them between other people which are perhaps a little bit more conscious, then uh, they level up. It's like cells. If you put a sick cell between healthy cells in a petri dish, that sick cell becomes healthy because the environment uh, starts to resonate with the environment. So if you can create constellations of swarms of people with a certain level of consciousness or skills, and you put people there which are perhaps on the bottom of that spectrum, then they level up and perhaps they become the better ones and then the better ones skip to the next group. And so it's a continuous uh, flow of energy into, into the swarm. So you're, you're bringing structure into expanding your consciousness. Absolutely. And also creating a collective, collective intelligence in that way. Because uh, what, what we see is that a swarm is also a neural network. And if you look at our brain, for example, it's also a neural network. And the in- intelligence is not in the neurons, but in the connection between those neurons. So it's about emotional intelligence, how, how, do, how they are they connected. And this is also what we want to create in a swarm of people. So the, the better the connections are, the, the higher level of emotional intelligence, the more uh, information flows between two nodes in the, in the network. And if you have a network which there's full trust because everyone uh, is at that high level, then the um, uh, collective learning and group learning, uh, social learning starts to uh, emerge. Mm-hmm. And that's a, co- a kind of um, yeah, collective intelligence, as you will. So the, the swarm will become extremely intelligent. And uh, the um, Max Planck Institute in Germany already did a lot of research into these swarms in nature. What they found out is that these swarms are 95 to 99% more uh, effective in solving problems or avoiding danger mm-hmm. than individuals so if you look at an individual ant for example it has no it has a couple of neurons but that collective of ants is capable to build entire cities and find food and and supply chains and all these things so we need to tap into that kind of intelligence so this can totally change the way we create absolutely together. absolutely absolutely how, how, how do you envision it can change the way we live uh, because when you're bringing people together who have this resonance with each other, will that mean that people start to live in communities or, well, for more, 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 more and more people start to work remote, so they live all over the world? Do you have, a, do you see something that will be happening here in the next? let's say 10 to 15 years? Um, it's already happening a little bit, but I, what I think is that. Um if you resonate with other people, uh, you can meet online. Today, that using app or Zoom or, or uh, Teams. In the near future, we will have holographic technology. So we will have a conversation like this. And I, my brains cannot tell if you're real there or you're in America or Australia. So I think that will also blend. Um, how, much, how many years before we're there? I think uh, five or six years from now. Uh, you already have these technologies. I think they're more too expensive and not yet abundant uh, available. But when they become better and cheaper, 
cheaper, uh, like the first smartphone and the smartphone that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a huge difference. So we now see technology, and they predict that in 2025, uh, it's, a, it's a $20 billion industry already, holographic devices. So five, six, seven years from now, we will enter uh, the seventh wave, which is all about holographic technology. Um, the metaverse, so the internet is not a flat thing on your screen anymore, but it's everywhere around. It's, it's a holographic layer on top of the real uh, world. And that will totally change the way we interact with people and how we live. I think the, the difference between working and living will, will disappear. And it's already happening in COVID right now because people work from home between their family in their trusted environment. So they don't experience it at work anymore as they did before. Uh, in traffic jams, in cubicles, all these things. And I think when we move towards more holographic technology, that will even disappear. And if you start to do work in the swarm that is purpose-driven, then it doesn't feel like work anymore. Um, so I think that will, that will be a dramatic change. So you will be busy with your lifelong development, your personal development. And the fruit that come out of that development is the economical or societal impact that you have on the environment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your currency almost. Uh, so we will have a completely different way of living, I think. Uh, living, learning, working will be completely um, uh, integrated into each other. You will not, make, uh, will not be able to distinguish. Your friends will, will be your colleagues. Um, so I think we will create completely different communities uh, than we have today. And, and perhaps people will move. I think borders will disappear at the end. We now have uh, geographical borders that in the end, and we also see that for the Great Reset, is that it's not uh, important anymore. So different cultures, different religions, they want to reset that to one ego, uh, same level playing field. I think this will also help to create a society where you can live everywhere that you want. And moving to Bonaire is also a step in that direction. So everything is digital, so it doesn't matter where we are right now. I can do the same thing there. So when you talk about the Great Reset, some people look at this uh, positively, some people look at it negatively. Um, But in the way you're talking about it, well, this thing is happening and it uh, has its positive sides and negative sides. And just happening you don't have to have an opinion on it it feels yeah. like this is that right yeah i think change is always painful mm. and, and and it doesn't matter who uh, ignites that change today it's the the global elite and and, and the governments as a result um But I think we need that change. If you mm. look at that old world with which we are in right now, which is devastating our living environment, and you li- look at that regenerative world that we should be in, uh, the world like nature intended to be, that gap is massively. So someone needs to take the um, authority, but also the the, um, the initiative to, to start a transition. And I think that's what's happening right now, and we need that. I think, I think it's important that uh, uh, that we take charge of the transformation process halfway through. Mm. And if we don't yeah. do that we end up in a totalitarian, totalitarian uh, technocratic society mm. but I think halfway we will change and uh, they will start the transition and we will, we will end it uh, if we do it that way and then, then we can create a society which is beneficial for everyone and mm. not for a happy few mm. so I think we need it it's, 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 a, it's a natural process and it's unpleasant and therefore it's also important to be aligned with who you truly are if you grab yourself to the systems that we have and those systems collapse then you also collapse but if you are uh, your own rock your own steady you know who you are why you are here then it's not scary because you know what your task is right here mm-hmm. so I think that's why it's so important for people to to start it in a journey and to start to discover who they are and the moment when you find it you never find it exactly but when you are on the right direction or the right path 
then you're not afraid anymore of that world that is collapsing because it's not impacting you. You do yeah. not identify yourself with your job, with your uh, organization, with your status. Exactly. Yeah. How do you look at the integration of this holographic reality and let's say the real world of being in nature, which is of course also a tendency that's happening that more and more people start to connect with nature also like you are doing now. So how can we live in those two realities at the same time? Will we see people who choose one or the other? Uh, how do you look at that? Well, the first big question is, what is reality? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this reality that we are living in, is, is it not some kind of holographic construct? Mm. I believe so. I think, really think that we are in some kind of simulation. Um, and if you look at the quantum physics and, and quantum uh, how, how that works, if consciousness observes something, then it materializes in particles. If it's not observed, then it stays a wave, then it's information. So everything that we see as a collective materializes because we have... Uh, we have uh, observed it in that way. So I think that technology eventually will be obsolete because we start to understand how reality works and we will be able to manipulate that reality by shifting our intentions. And um, in, in old lectures, they say, if you believe it, you can you can move a mountain, for example. I really believe that it's possible, but if you, you need to create that kind of um, um, level of consciousness mm -hmm. because... If you are, um, yeah, how do you say that? If you, if you truly believe that something changes, then it also manifests in your life. If you, if you practice that, you see it every day around you. It's yeah. not a coincidence anymore. So if we start to learn that, then we don't need technology anymore. So eventually, I think technology and, and uh, nature will merge because technology will become more natural. Um, because we start to understand how technology should be used, and we start to use it in a way cells used it to build our, our system. So eventually, if you look at new technologies, for example, like artificial intelligence, uh, regenerative design, so we can make designs that look uh, the same like bones, so very organic, natural structures. We can build new uh, materials which are completely organic that decompose after, after a time. So we now have the power with AI to create in a different way, which is more in harmony with nature. And um, that will help us to... to to reconnect with nature again. But that's a very thin line, of course, because we also start to manipulate genes, for example, with CRISPR-Cas9 technologies. Uh, that can both go both uh, in different ways. And I, I think every technology has its benefits, but also its, its, um, uh, its burdens. And I think with holographic technology, we will see a massive uh, amount of people who are enslaved in a holographic world. So they will choose to stay in that holographic world um, and will not participate in the real world anymore. We already see that with people who are game uh, addicted, mm -hmm. uh, the addiction that we have for our smartphone and, and the Facebook timeline and these kind of things. And holographic technology is even more emerging uh, and engaging. And I think that will um, seduce a lot of people to, to stay in that world and to be there and to create a new kind of identity there and eat pizzas and cola in the real world. Um, and you will have another kind of people who will distinguish themselves from that and start to look at nature more. Um, um, so in between, uh, we will have uh, a separation, I think. 
So both worlds will be, uh, you will have a merger of both worlds, but there will also be people who are in the extremes of both. We will so, not meet each other in the real world anymore. Yeah, you will have people who are fully offline, people who are fully online, and people who are finding a balance. Because I think if you find a balance, then you can use it uh, in, in the extension of your intentions. Uh, like your smartphone, it can use you, or you can use it when you need it. And I think that's um, technology is a tool. And we should see it that way. So we should grab it uh, when it's a, a conscious thing. And mm-hmm. I think today the opposite is true. Uh, and with holographic technology, it's become even more uh, seducive to uh, to grab that stuff and to lost yourself in that world. Can you can you share something about the power of the technology when it comes to expanding your own awareness and consciousness? Like well, you talked about the mirrors before. What can technology do in your own personal growth? Well, yeah, I I, I, uh, just encountered a new kind of technology from Germany. It's called Healy. It's a small device and it can measure your bioenergetic field. And um, if you are busy with your work or focused on something and you measure yourself, that comes up in your app. So by becoming aware of that, you can change it. I I truly believe that becoming aware of something, uh, a pain or whatever you have in your body, that's also the cure. Um, But also the way to increase your level of consciousness. If you have stomach pain, then you become aware of your stomach and therefore you start to eat differently or you uh, don't eat at all anymore and then you start to cure uh, to heal yourself um, so I, I believe that technology can help us to become aware so that reflection uh, instant feedback that will help us to become aware of what we are doing and by becoming aware that's already uh, a growth or step in, in uh, next level in consciousness and the faster technology becomes like artificial intelligence or holographic technology the more instant that feedback becomes so in the last 60 years we have polluted the ocean with plastics and now we have oh uh, plastic soup <laughs> big problem it's in our food it's in our uh, in our system in our body but with ai we have instant feedback so if you do something wrong it instantly comes back right in your face and that feedback loop will help us to become more aware as an individual but also as a, as a collective so humanity using ai in the wrong ways will be very destructive so uh, we can do it, but it will be a very short time and we will see the effect and then we will change it. So therefore, I'm hopeful that new technologies, if used by the ecosystem, um, uh, help us to become aware in a much faster way than we did before, simply because that feedback loop becomes shorter and more instant. So can this also be a feedback loop on, for example, the kind of thoughts that you have? So in the last 24 hours, your thoughts have been about this. Um, and becoming aware of it can help you to change your thought and change your intention so yep. different things will manifest. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what we are trying to achieve in the platform also is, for example, uh, a smartwatch app that will ask you in the end of the day, how many times have you been in flow today? Because flow is one of the properties, I think, of being in purpose, so if you're fully in flow. Um, so it's, it can help you to create some kind of habits. And that this is simply because uh, you can look at your heart rate. If your heart rate is very relaxed, then perhaps you're in a kind of flow state. If you're very stressed, uh, then you're not in flow because you're swimming against the current. And I think with, with technologies that are already there, um, Open Water uh, is a company like that. So they use a reflection of laser light inside of your head and they can reach your brains on a neural level. So you don't have to have a chip like uh, the neural link from uh, uh, Elon Musk, but you can have wear a, a soft head, for example, 
example, and they can almost see on a picture level what you are thinking about. And these technologies... So again, you, they can see what you are thinking about with pictures. Yeah, if you imagine a picture of a pink elephant, for example, the, on the computer screen you see a picture of a pink elephant. So they are already at that level. Mm. And it only becomes better using AI and better sensors and chips, etc. And it will become cheaper and it will become abundant. And then for a certain level you can use that tool to become aware of your thoughts. I think a, an average person has 20 or 30,000 thoughts every day. If you become aware of that, then you can start to work on that. Uh, you have thoughts about this. Those are negative. Uh, negative. And then if you become aware of it, then you can change your thought. And uh, technology can help you to do that. And at a certain level, you don't need it anymore because you are fully aware of it yourself. And I think therefore technology is always a tool to get you at a certain level. And at a certain level, you don't need it anymore. So... Because some people, when they hear something like this, will say, like, holy fuck, that's uh, scary. Um, and you said before, technology is always first used for e ego and then for eco. So there will be a phase we will have to go through in which it will not help us. Absolutely, yeah. And how do you look at that when it comes, when this is about something that comes so close uh, someone yeah yeah uh, Klaus Schwab had a recent interview where he told that everyone should have a brain scan before entering an airplane so I want to I want <laughs> to know your intentions on itself it's so, so that's ego that's the ego part yeah a control part um, the other part is um, uh, that you can use it uh, to to communicate on a much wider bandwidth than we do today, uh, for example. So now we are uh, communicating with uh, with WhatsApp and email and all kind of artificial ways of connecting. But what if we could connect on a on a physical level, holographic, but also on a mental level? So we have much more bandwidth to connect with other people. Uh, that's that's the, the the upside. What you see, for example, is that Facebook is already uh, researching these kind of technologies. So when you have your holographic mask, there will also be some kind of brain uh, sensor included. And now they know why you're looking at on a website, which kind of ads, but then they know what you're thinking about. And Facebook is already building, uh, they have 20,000 data points of each individual on the web, and they already can predict what's your next move. So what product you are going to buy, what trip you're going to book. And this is only an extension of that. So they uh, they will be able to look inside of your brain. And that's very scary because if you know that, if you can do that, you can manipulate people even more than you can do today. Mm. Uh, today you can already manipulate people because they, uh, what kind of choices or choices they make online, what kind of products they buy. But if you can look inside of their brains, then you can be one step ahead of what they are conscious of. And then you can manipulate them. And then you become a robot, basically. Yeah. And, and that's, that's I think, a very well, big and downside. in many ways we, are, we already are when you yeah. look at the narratives that are being uh, thrown on us. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're not uh, conscious, if, if you're in the lower level of consciousness, then you're already a robot. If you're sleeping is the, the, the best example of it. Your body is taking care of everything. But many people are in a robot modus. They went to work, uh, do their job, go to home, drink beer, uh, watch TV, go to bed, and then <laughs> repeat. Um, if you become more aware, you become more aware of what you're actually doing, what gives you fun, and, and what you should do, uh, basically. And I think technology can play a role there. But it's important, again, that the intention of the builder of the technology is to help people, mm -hmm. to empower people, and to enslave people. Uh, if you look at the intention of Facebook, is to have as much eyeball time as possible. So they want to enslave you. Uh, YouTube, the same. 
LinkedIn, the same. All these platforms want as much intention, uh, attention of you as possible. But if you use the platform, what we intend to do is to empower you and put you between the right people at the right time. Mm-hmm. Then you use it to uh, in line with nature. And I think that's the, the way that we should go. You, you could reason that everything that we make with technology is something that we already can do ourselves when it comes about having insight in your thoughts that can also be through telepathy but most people don't know how to do it yet so how do you look at this like we're using technology we're mimicking something that is already somewhere in our being it could it has to be in our consciousness first before we can make it anyway Uh, is it then an in between stage in which we use this technology or it will merge in every kind of aspect and it's just a part of consciousness it's i think it's a tool to get somewhere um if you look at the seven waves in the first wave we saw bone structures uh, the second wave we saw um, organisms like worms if you look at the, the waves that we have today in our society in the first wave we were building bone-like structures cities um, stone structures to keep us safe so it's basically an extension of our skin we'll keep a, a wall around our city in the second wave was about infrastructure so the vascular system so we built oil pipelines and these kind of things so that helped us to pump pump things uh, like fluids or oil over longer distances in the third wave, we basically create an extension of our nerve system, so send signals from one place to the other in the world. Um, the wave, which was about the uh, automation wave, the um, uh, reptile brain, is basically an extension of our own reptile brain. So we were able to automate all kinds of things with software, with operating systems and software. Um, and now we are at a level that the AI wave is about uh, learning things. And what I see is technology is used to, uh, can be used to augment our, our way of solving problems uh, or being more creative. So I think that um, um, the more advanced technology becomes, eventually it will disappear. And we don't see this technology anymore because it's fully integrated in everything that we do. And every time a wave is new, it's strange to us and we have to get used to it. But you don't get used to uh, heating your house or uh, buying food or cooking food. So these technologies are already incorporated. It's it's normal. So I think that the new technologies will also get there, but uh, faster and uh, eventually we don't see them as technology anymore and they will also disappear so today we have a screen on our desk and a gray box (laughs) under our desk Uh, we call it a computer that already became uh, a smartphone in your pocket and when we have uh, contact lenses or even we can project uh, neurons or uh, neurons uh, photons in our eyes we don't need a device anymore so physical things will dematerialize and eventually we will realize that we don't need it anymore because we are fully equipped to do it ourselves and and um 3d printing as well uh, we now are able to build a product within hours and a few centuries ago it took years to build something uh, now it's faster but i think in the end we can manifest matter because we have a certain intention uh, but we still have to learn that and and that's i think where technology is helping us with and when we are able to do it ourselves we don't need the technology anymore mm-hmm. so it's, it's a temporary uh, stage i think manifest matter through intention how does that work how does intention work? How does <laughs> intention? Well, well, I believe that um, uh, if you look on a holistic level, we have an information field. And 
in the way that we observe that information field, things manifest in the form of matter. And it's an unconscious process right now. And I think sooner or later, we will become conscious of how this works. Uh, IBM, for example, is already able to uh, build materializers. So they use some kind of vibration to materialize graphene. It's a new kind of material into chips. So they don't uh, do it the old way anymore, um, but they now can materialize something using a certain sound frequencies or resonant frequencies. Um, and I think we can also do that because our brain, if you look at Dr. Miyoto with uh, the, um, uh, the ice crystals, if you have a specific positive intention, uh, which is love, uh, compassion, then if you freeze that drop of water, then you see a fully symmetric ice uh, crystal. If you put bad intentions into that same bottle of water and you freeze that same drop of water, then you have very distorted uh, uh, ice, uh, uh, ice fragments. So basically it's already happening without, uh, mm. without us noticing it. And when we build technology that is receptive for the thoughts that we have, so we can tap into the frequencies that we use on a thought level, on an information level, we can materialize things. And um, first we need technology for that and later I think we can do it on our own. And I, I truly believe that ancient civilizations already were capable of doing that. Uh, way way <laughs> without any technology yeah yeah and that's why they could build uh, things that we uh, today still not understand yeah mm. yeah i dived into that as well it's very interesting yeah what uh, something that's starting to interest me more lately is the concept of time and of course you have the, the presence in the present moment in the ultimate present moment there is no time there's only the presence and when you're in a flow state, there is also less experience of time. What role can technology play in ex in experience of time? Well, yeah, if, if you are in a flow state, time disappears or the, uh, the feeling or the experience of time disappears. And I think when you're in flow, you're in connected with, with the information field and then you have the, the most possible impact that you could have. And I think technology can help us to to get in that moment. Uh, I think it's a very narrow bandwidth. And if you, if technology can guide you there and you know how to get there and repeatedly, like an anchor, um, then we can have more impact because we are aligned and we are connected with the field and we can manipulate that field by setting our attentions. So I think technology can help us to become more pure, more um, yeah, pure is I think the right word. And by becoming more pure, you are becoming the programmer of the information field and then the information field manifests in matter. So I think that that loop of setting an intention and believing that intention, feeling that intention and materialize that uh, in the real world, that process, uh, some people can do it mm -hmm. and become more effective at it. But I think in the end, everyone can do it. And that's, I think, the way we can materialize things. Uh, can it also work when, when you sit with someone who is vibrating on a high level as a high frequency? You tend to go into a higher frequency yourself as well uh, so your consciousness expands can sound waves through technology through measuring your um, your energy help you to uh, go into a different vibration so absolutely absolutely yeah I, I particularly was researching this part uh, for the movie because mm -hmm. we wanted to create an, an almost a multi-dimensional experience so uh, we want to impact the, the things that you see but also we want to create frequencies that resonate with uh, your uh, chakra systems or your hormonal systems so that also impact you on a cellular level mm -hmm. so that the impact is immense and what we would try to achieve with 
that movie and it's it's a long-term project but i was talking to a guy in america he was also uh, playing uh, specific sessions on burning man etc and he's doctor professor on, on, on resonance uh, on semantics or how you can um, what the communication layer between matter and, and sound is um, so I think that with certain frequencies, uh, harmonics, we can influence our state of being and we can bring our body in a state that is uh, more responsive to uh, like an antenna becoming more aligned with. Um, we have uh, sound balls that uh, monks used, for example, mm -hmm. certain ohms, certain sounds. And, and um, the wave model that I explained earlier before is not only apparent between biology and technology, but it's also happening on a, a cellular level, molecular level, atomic level, but also on a subatomic level and also on a quantum level, on a wave level. So we have seen seven waves of uh, different kind of radiation, cosmic radiation, alpha radiation, visible light, radio waves, and eventually the seventh uh, family, last wave, was about sound. And it's the primal ohm. So sound set things into motion. So I think when sound, uh, the frequency of sound was in the became in a part of the spectrum, then matter start to occur because I think that's the key uh, between uh, the intention field or the information and the material world. And I think there, there is the uh, if, we, if we understand what's happening there, then we can manipulate matter much much faster. And I'm personally, also looking at semantics, if you put a, a plate with a speaker uh, below it. And uh, you put sand on it or grains of mm -hmm. other material. And if you put some harmonic frequencies on it, then beautiful uh, pictures start to occur. And I believe also that we can use the technology to create uh, different kind of swarm constellations. So if you change the frequency, then all the nodes in the network start to rearrange in a different constellation to solve a different kind of problem. So uh, I think that sound and frequency, and we use it also to resonate between people. We translate someone's profile into colors and into, color, uh, into sound, and then we can make resonance. So we translate in some kind of analog medium, and then you can create resonance, and then from there on you can work further on. But I think it's really important key in, in all these things, hmm. uh, understanding sound, understanding frequencies, harmonics, because each seven waves is an octave. And each higher octave starts where the last octave stops. So it's, it's, it's like a keyboard of the universe. And we start with those seven keys, you can play every symphony that you want, every song that you want. And uh, so I think it's really key in everything that we do. But we are moving towards that faster and faster. So I think with AI, we can uh, see patterns that we haven't seen before and then study those patterns and understand how cells are resonating on a, on a tissue level, for example. Uh, there were healing devices that use uh, also uh, sound to heal uh, from cancer, for example. Um, so I truly believe that there's a, a way, a road towards new kind of devices that can help us to heal our bodies and to uh, become more conscious also in that way because if you heal all kind of emotions which are on a cellular level stored uh, then there's more flow and mm -hmm. conscious can start to uh, develop itself what is exciting you the most about living in this time on earth right now well it's it's scary and it's um exciting at the same time scary uh, you see what's happening you're aware of it and it's not good uh, if you look at your own values uh, but it's also i think um, it's a unique time um, never 
in history of mankind, uh, we came at a point where we are right now with so many people on earth, so many crises, so many issues. And so I see a huge opportunity to create a completely new world uh, from the ashes of the old world. And, um, and, and you need a crisis, you need a wood forest to create a plain, mm. plain level uh, field to create uh, space for new uh, trees to grow, uh, different kind of trees, different kind of plants. So I think it's, um, we are the turning point, a uh, tipping point in the evolution of our species from becoming a deficiency need-driven species towards a growth need-driven species. And uh, from the caterpillar towards the butterfly, and we are aware of that. And it's, it's happening in a very short time frame, I really think, that cocoon phase. That's one decade, I think. Mm. Perhaps it's some more, some less, but... Uh, and, and we are witnessing this. We are part of it. And I think that's really exciting. But it's, it depends on how you look at it. For many people, it's, uh, <laughs> it's hell. And for other people, it's heaven. It's, it's how do you depend, uh, how do you look at it? Do you have the, your darker days once in a while that you go into the, the negative side of things? Or? Yeah, sure. If, if I translate it to my personal life, uh, um, uh, there was an announcement by Macron that uh, vaccination will be mandatory in, in uh, France for a lot of people if you want to go to shopping malls. Uh, in Greece, uh, the same. And if I see these kind of things, I think, okay, where, what will this mean for me, if I'm, for my family, if you're not in this flow? Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, sure. Uh, but then I think, okay, uh, this, is, this is needed to create the pain that we need to become more aware. So uh, please, more pain, sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also why we opt out to, um, I think the Netherlands is quite safe where we are right now. It's one of the oldest democracies in the world. There are a lot of enlightened people in the Netherlands. Um, and Bonaire is part of the Netherlands, so we have Dutch regulations, Dutch law, but they are much more relaxed there. So it's like a soft version of our yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> system here. And it hopes that, I hope that, that, that I can find an environment there where I can step away from the, the things that give me stress, like these kind of things. Because you're on an island, you're separate from the rest, and then have enough free space, creative mm. space, to work on, on positive things. Because I admit, even though, even though I know where it's going, uh, it, it pulls you down on an energy level. If you look at your LinkedIn feed, you see all these things, yeah. and, and uh, the new clip from Heineken, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at first it was like, is this real? And then I had a big laugh, like you yeah. cannot imagine this. It yeah, is it's, it's really, but it's also frustrating. And, and um, But uh, I saw the, so many negative emotions. I am not alone. Uh, God, thank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. What would you advise um, entrepreneurs, leaders, or people in general, how to ride the waves of transformation that are coming? Uh, don't look outside, look inside. I think uh, if I look back at my entrepreneurial career, or how you call it, um, I always thought that I could go faster using this here to push, to push. And what I now found out is that I can only go faster by slowing down. So turn into yourself, make it in a journey. Who are you? What is your purpose? What is your passion? What are your values? Start to learn yourself, uh, to, to know yourself. And um, if you know that better, you can make different decisions and you can set intentions which are in line with your purpose. And things start to happen automatically. So you don't have to do it from force, uh, but you can do it from your own power. And there's a very nice book, Force versus Power. Um, I forgot the name of the author. Um, but it's about that change. So many people work from force, from raw power, uh, which depletes your energy sources and you get a burnout. But if you work from your inner source, then things go way easier. 
and things go away faster. But it feels um, counterintuitive because mm. uh, you have to slow down and to stay in the here and now. And if you do that, you feel every day what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to-do lists because you learn to listen to your body. And today, it's a good day to do this. And tomorrow, I do different things. And in the winter, I do different things than in the summer. Um, so I think that's the fastest way forward. And it, yeah, so start to make that inner journey. Beautiful. Let's end with that. How, how can people find you? Where can people uh, find your books or your website? Uh, my website is uh, www.christiancroma.com. Uh, I have a YouTube How channel. How do you spell that? C H R I S T I A N K R K R O M M E dot com. And also, if you Google my name, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, um, LinkedIn. Uh, I have a YouTube channel with some keynotes and lectures, and, and um, I also have a, a master course of uh, eight or nine hours of content, which I guide people through all the seven waves from a subatomic level towards where we are right now, and also how you can change your mindset to to have a role in that new creating that new world because it's all about mindset, uh, mind shift, uh, uh, shifting towards a different kind of mindset. So uh, on the web, Google my name and you get uh, multiple pages of uh, all kind of sources. Great. Thank you for this uh, inspiring conversation. You're welcome. It was very nice to be here always. Thanks. If you like this video, please press like, share or comment below. For more content about living and creating from your essence, subscribe to this channel and of course the Awake Origins mailing list.